What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion. I'm your host, Andrew. This is my weekly show where I get to chat with cool people in the Dungeons and Dragons online gaming entertainment community about some of the cool stuff they are doing and how they got started playing these awesome games. Got a very awesome guest today. Looking forward to chatting to. We will get to him in just a second. Let's toss out a word real quick for my awesome sponsor, awesomedice.com. They let us make the show with their awesome support and they support your games with their awesome dice. So if you need some sweet, kick-ass, shiny math rocks for your tabletop games, make sure you go check out awesomedice.com. Use the code ROLLPERSUASION at checkout. They have really cool designs coming out all the time. Uh, Very, very, very cool stuff. So if you're looking for some new dice, definitely check them out. They are a great small business owned and operated by people in the community. So you support them, you support the show, and they support your game. Check them out, awesomedice.com. And of course, please subscribe and leave reviews for the show on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. Those are our two favorite review places. We appreciate those reviews. They help the show go. So if you enjoy the show, uh, leave us one. If you don't enjoy the show, don't. Or email me or tweet me. Uh, but, you know, it's fine. If you don't enjoy the show, leave a bad review. But talk to me about it. It's it's an open communication line here at Roll for Persuasion. So let's dive right into it with my guest. I'm very excited to talk to um, kind of a long time coming. I think we first reached out a while back and we were finally able to connect. But I've got Travis Frederick, five-time Pro Bowl center, Dallas Cowboys, retired recently after a, an awesome career. My friends who are Cowboys fans tell me that you are one of the best centers they've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I don't watch the Cowboys because I'm a Texans fan. We'll get into that. But uh, you've got a lot going on in D&D and, and tabletop. So what's going on, dude? It's great to have you here. Yeah, I'm really pleased to be here. I, I'm really glad that we were able to connect. Like you said, you reached out in February and life has been a little wild, uh, little not bit, only for strange, uh, yeah. for me, but for the whole world. So uh, I'm glad that we were finally able to connect and, and get this done because I'm a, a big fan of the tabletop role-playing community and um, I'm trying to you know bring a, a little bit more awareness to it um, for some circles that are outside of the space right now. You know, it's it's really easy to to talk in the space and have people interested that are interested in tabletop role-playing. But when you start to cross the sports world uh, and right, the entertainment world right. with it, that's when it really becomes powerful. Yeah. And, and, and it's cool for me um, also as an accomplished athlete myself, uh, you know, <laughs> I've played varsity basketball, so we're more or less on the same level. Nice. Of um, course. It, it's, it's cool. It's always fun for me to chat with somebody who uh, kind of has that dual nerdum going on, right. Of, Cause sports is incredibly nerdy. And, and especially as an offensive lineman, because like offensive linemen, I, and maybe you disagree, but to me as a viewer, it seems to be one of the most like intellectually like heavy. There's so much you're doing on the line. Like it's such an intellectual uh, um, position. So, so that very nerdy side of sports and nerdy side of games, it's fun for me to get to talk with people who, uh, who embrace both of those because I certainly do. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a lot more that goes into it than what people see. And I think it, depending on what position that you play, uh, there's probably more than than others but you know quarterback is obviously something you sure. uh, position that you have to know but but center specifically on the offensive line is a super um, high level cerebral position as well because depending on the, what system you're in in our system i was the sort of quarterback of the offensive line sure. it was my job to orchestrate those five guys and sometimes the tight ends as well um and work with the quarterback to make sure that all the protections were right and we were making sure that we took care of the right guy if they were coming on a blitz or anything like that and so there's a lot of thought and uh, I really applied my nerdism to it. I went to, I went to university of Wisconsin and studied computer engineering there. And so engineering to me was, uh, was fun. You know, that was something that was really interesting. And so I always called 
football, um, sort of like applied engineering, you know, where right, you're out yeah. on the field and there's a problem in front of you that you have to solve in, in sometimes seconds. You get up to the line of scrimmage and the defense is presenting something. That's a problem. You have to figure out how, uh, how to make sure that you get everybody in the right position to be able to solve that problem. So it really was like, I don't know, some weird abstract way in my mind of thinking that uh, it was all just engineering and, and all just problem solving and trying to figure out how to make things go. And so, you know, I think that uh, applying that there and, and that nerdism really just took it up to that next level. Well, and, and you touched on it. I think that's one of the things that I enjoy about football and that um, some people, you know, who, who maybe do not engage with sports a lot or, you know, just, you know, see violent hits and assume that's what the game is all about. But those split seconds that you have, right. And, and it's all, it's all um, linear is not the right term, but it's all binary almost like, okay, mm -hmm. you see the protections lining up this way. Uh, you see, you know, you know, who's following on their coverage or, you know, are they zone or are they man? And, and you're having to shift and run through everything in a matter of seconds. Quarterbacks doing the same. You're having to communicate that to everyone. And uh, and, and so you're making those massive calculations in just a matter of seconds. Oh, and by the way, you go off to you have to go slam your body into someone to make <laughs> all that happen. So you think about that, too. So. I, I could, I mean, uh, you look at me, I could have never played center, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just such an intense level of calculation you're doing over and over as you're physically exhausted. It, it's incredibly impressive as a viewer and a fan. Well, thank you. Um, it was, it was really fun and I really enjoyed doing it. The physical part less than the, than the mental part. I really sure. enjoyed the mental challenge of it. Uh, but like you said, in those split seconds, you have to make that decision. And then, oh, by the way, you have a 340-pound guy that's lining up six inches away from your face, and he's trying to eat you for dinner. Uh, so you, you got to be able to do both sides of it. And um, and it was fun, and it was challenging. Um, it was exciting. It was rewarding. Sure. Uh, but ultimately, you know, you, your body can only take so much of a beating before it doesn't work correctly anymore. And I wanted to make sure that I got to a point where I could get out and still be able to function in the in uh, at 100% and play with my kids and yeah. And, you know, more importantly, roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah. And and you retired uh, March of this year, right? Which mm, that's correct. Very fortuitous, you know, kind of with COVID around the corner, yeah. having to deal with all the all the additional physical stuff of uh, wow. training camp coming up. Um, but, yeah, no, I have a lot of respect. I was talking with with a good friend of mine the other day who uh, is, is a huge Cowboys fan. But just the, about the respect we have for you or or for other guys who choose to step away from the game at an earlier age, you know, out of that kind of abundance of caution or, or desire to maintain their health and look down the road to what life is going to be like 10, 20, 30 years. Um, I, I can't imagine making that decision with the amount of money and pressure and whatever involved. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, tip of the hat to you for, for making that call for you and your family. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's difficult. And it took me a really long time to, to think it through and, and make a decision on that. But there's a, there's a lot of things that that go into that. And, and like you said, there's, there's so many different pressures that make you want to stay. Um, and, and you don't want to leave and you don't want to leave your, the people behind more than right. anything. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to let anybody down, let the fans down, let my teammates down. But, you know, ultimately it's a, it's a decision about the future and trying to make sure that, you know, I'm taking care of myself and, and weighing the risks involved. You know, every single play that you're out there could potentially be, the last play that, that you could do that. Yeah. You can see like there are other guys that have serious injuries that, you know, that was the last play that they were able to walk or the last play that, you know, they were able to, to throw a ball or any, any of those things. Right. So I, I think that you know, every play is a risk and you just have to decide when you've had enough of that risk. Well, again, you know, kudos to you because that's a very difficult decision. And, um, 
you know, it's awesome that you're now getting to devote your time to, uh, you know, gaming and demiplane, which, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I do want to ask you as, as a Houston, Texas native, which means I'm a fan of the terribly named Houston Texans. Um, <laughs> you played with JJ, uh, Watt, mm-hmm. Houston's favorite adopted son, uh, for several years at Wisconsin. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like the question, uh, what was that like is kind of a dumb one, but, uh, you know, how was JJ before he became JJ Watt? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, JJ was a guy that came to us at Wisconsin. You know, I think he played at, um, you know, a smaller school in Michigan mm-hmm. and, and had walked on there and then came over to Wisconsin and, um, you know, obviously from there took advantage of the strength and conditioning program and got bigger and faster and, and got an opportunity to go play there. And, you know, he, he worked really hard and made sure to put himself in a position to, to be successful. And I think, you know, I think it's a, there's obviously he's a, a very talented player, works really hard, all of that, but also, you know, a tribute to the, the University of Wisconsin and the level of program that we have sure. there. You know, it just, you look at the, the level of talent that comes out of there, not only JJ, but his two brothers yeah. and, uh, you know, all of the offensive linemen and running backs and, and you know, all of these, all of these people that have been coming out of there. And, you know, I think it's just, uh, it's a great place to go to play football that uh, prepares you to play at the next level. You know, even if you're not necessarily the best, um, maybe not the best on the team, at your position, yeah. you still might have a chance, you know, um, in the league. And I think that that's a, a tribute to that. But, but JJ was a guy that was uh, super hardworking and, and really went out there and uh, gave it his all at all times. You know, those are the things that you see. So, uh, you know, that's uh, you, you guys were fortunate down there to, to get him. I think he's obviously been a boon to the city and, and a boon to the, uh, boon to the team. And that's not to mention all the work that he does in the community and the, and the great things that he does there. So, so yeah, absolutely. Very cool. A um, couple more football questions for you just while we're here. Uh, so my my favorite uh, sports memory, because um, I, I photographed uh, pro sports for USA Today for several seasons. Um, so I covered the Texans and all that. But I got to work for the New York Times at the last Super Bowl in Houston, which was the Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl, which, right. which as a sports fan, I mean, that was like huge, like to be in the end zone on the tying touchdown. Like it was fantastic. Um, do, do you have like that pinnacle memory from when you were playing that really like sticks out to you as a player where you were like, man, you know, whether it was a play or a game or just a moment, it just immediately comes to mind. And to me, there are, there are several of those moments that you just always remember, you know, it's the walking out on the field for the first time in that first preseason game. And it's the first time that you go out during a regular season game or um, maybe it was winning a playoff game mm-hmm. or, or getting into the playoffs or something, something unbelievable there, but there are just uh there's so many good, good things that come out of it. And really it's just about the, the feeling, you know, there's, when you go out there and there's all those people in the crowd that are cheering for you normally, you know, maybe not this year, but there are those people cheering and, um, you know, it's, it's the ups and downs and it's the challenges of it. Um, I don't think that I have one particular moment that sticks out more than others. Uh, just cause and I tried to enjoy all of them and I tried to, to soak it in as much as I could. And, um, there are so many great opportunities that you get from that. And, uh, it just was a really, it was a really great experience overall. Did you have a specific player, um, tackle or anyone on the defense that just you, you had specific trouble with you were like, man, lining up against that guy, like it just like you knew when you were going to play him, man, he's going to, he's going to put me through the ringer. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, I didn't have to go against him all the time just because the way that the defense set up, but um, you know, as a group, it was always a challenge and you always had to worry about where Aaron Donald was. Oh, sure. You know, he's a, 
he's a player that's a, a game changer. Mm-hmm. You know, just being in, even if he, for whatever reason, wasn't trying as hard as he, he normally does or whatever it was, just being on the field made you plan for him and made you um, change potentially your game plan. And so, you know, so when you have somebody that plays at that level, um, it's a game changer. Yeah. Um, and, and you also are thinking about it all the time. You know, what's that, what's that going to look like when I have to go up against him and, you know, what's his next move? And I think, uh, the advice that I give to young guys that come in are you have to really try and avoid those thoughts, uh, where you're thinking about what the other person is going to do mm-hmm. and really focus on, on what you do and how, what you will do to counteract any of those things. And, uh, you know, trusting your technique and trusting the way that you were taught to try and to be your best. Uh, cause when you start to try and play against somebody a specific way against, you know, how they are going to come at you, that's the, that's the kiss of death because then they control it. Right. Because if they don't play the way that they normally play, then you're lost. And so, um, it's, it's just, it's about how you approach it. I think that that changes that. Yeah. We'll throw one more football question at you and then we'll dive into gaming because we have a lot to talk about there. But, uh, obviously you played for the Cowboys your entire career. I think it was seven seasons. Um, mm-hmm. with Dallas, uh, and they are one of the, you know, historic franchises in the NFL. Um, you know, they're, they're one of the teams that when somebody talks about like Cowboys nation, they can actually say that, you know, every team likes to say like, <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, uh, Rams, eh, I don't know. Um, but Dallas is truly a historic team. What was it like mm-hmm. being drafted there? Were you hoping to end up there? And then what was it like being part of, of kind of a storied organization like that? I didn't, I didn't have any idea that I wanted to play for Dallas when, when I got drafted. I knew that I did not want to play for Green Bay or Chicago. Um, those two, uh, I live right on the Illinois-Wisconsin border mm-hmm. growing up. And so it was about 50% Bears fans and 50% Packer fans. And I thought, well, if I end up in either of those places, no matter what happens, it's not going to be good. I either play really well for the Bears right. and all of the people that are Packers fans uh, don't like me. Or if I play very poorly for the Bears, then all of the Bears fans don't like me or vice versa. Right, yeah. And so uh, when I got drafted to the Cowboys, it was a great place for me to go because everybody hates the Cowboys. <laughs> so it didn't matter what it was. But also, um, the Cowboys games are always on national TV. And so right. you know, my family and everybody always had access to that, which was which was cool. Um, so that was definitely a benefit. And then, you know, I think there's a lot of pressures that go into playing on a team like that and being in a media market like that and, sure, and yeah. the availability that comes along with that. But if you can wrap your mind around that and, you know, stay calm and all of that and just kind of let that be, uh, there are great benefits uh, to being on a team like that. I mean, it's a, not only is it a storied organization, but the, the people behind it are, are great. And if you, you take care of them, they will take care of you and, and they will give you everything that you need to be successful. And, um, you know, if there's ever anything that you, you need, just simply asking is, is a way to, is a way to get that. Yeah. And you don't normally get that in, in every organization. It's, it's not always that way. And with the Cowboys, it really was a first class organization through and through. And I mean, with everybody Washington, has their... you can't even get a team name. So yeah, yeah, that is, that's true. I can't, uh, I can't imagine what's going on yeah. over there right now, you know, trying to be a part of that, sure. but you know, everybody's got their things to pick on the Cowboys and, and the organization and they don't let do this right. Or they, they're not going to do this, but, but I assure you that they're always attempting to do it in the correct way. And there are always people working on it. And, um, it's a super high class organization and, and treat, treat people with respect. That's awesome. 
So what came first for you? Was it uh, an interest in, in sports and football or, or um, you know, whatever else you might've been into growing up or, or was it an interest in gaming or did, did one of those come later than the other? How'd that kind of happen for you? I think that I probably was interested in sports first only because I was introduced to sports. First. Sure. You know, my, uh, my dad, um, coached football, like youth football. And my brother was super involved and I got a brother that's two years older than me, um, was involved in sports as well. And so that was just something that I grew up with. My, my grandpa's had season tickets for the Chicago bears for gosh, 50 years now, I think. And, uh, you know, so I went to my first bears game when I was really young, but one of my good friends introduced me to gaming, um, a little bit later, uh, after that. And so I think that's, that's what it was, you know, we didn't have a lot of video games in the house when I was growing up. I remember my dad got a Super Nintendo, um, and he would—he was only the one allowed to play it. Uh, you know, he would <laughs> yeah. play it, and I think my uncle would come over, and they would have you know a video game day, and they would play um, every once in a while. I mean, this is every blue once in a blue moon. And finally, I was old enough that my parents let me you know break it out of the box and and check it out and play it. And yeah. I was, you know, Super Mario, of course, was was where it was at. Right. Um, but I had some, I had some other friends and cousins and, and whatnot that had gaming systems. And so, you know, any chance that you could sneak over to your cousin's house to play on the, you know, on the Sega Genesis or, uh, on the N64 or whatever it was at the time. I remember I have very fond memories of PS1 as well. Um, but whatever that was in the video gaming spectrum, you know, that's, that's where I got most of my exposure to that. And, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I think probably what made it more interesting to me was that I, didn't get to do it very often. Sure, yeah, that makes you know, sense. It was like there was always that allure right. uh, of, of being able to do it. Even Game Boy, I remember that too, playing, trying to play Pokemon on, on the Game Boy. But uh, you know, tabletop role playing came into me when I was probably in, I want to say, early middle school. You know, yeah. Um, one of my one of my friends came over and had this new game. It was Star Wars role playing game from Wizards of the yeah, Coast. Yeah, And uh, he's like, this is this is a new thing I've been interested in. My parents got me this book and we'd love to love to try it out. And I just, I fell in love with the idea that you could be a part of that universe and you could have control over your character and who they became. And uh, it was just a, a, a way to live a different life, you know, for a minute yeah. and explore a different universe. And um, it really just opened up my mind. You know, for me, I'm, I'm not an overly creative person. So when I find things that help me, open up my mind and see things in a different way. Like that's really interesting to me. And so I think that's when I really fell in love with, with that in, in gaming. In general. So you started with Star Wars role-playing game, which was my first introduction actually to tabletop role-playing. Um, unfortunately I didn't have a friend who wanted to play with me. So I just like had the books. <laughs> I mean, I was like the quintessential, like, you know, sitting home alone and, and trying to figure out how to play a game by yourself. That's meant for more people. Um, mm -hmm. But it was the same kind of thing. It was like, Oh, like, cause I, I'm a huge huge star Wars fan. I, I, I love, um, I, I'm like sitting beneath shelves full of uh, star Wars, like action fleet <laughs> ships. Um, but, uh, it was the same thing. It was like, I can be in this world that I love. I can be whoever I want to be. I can do things I clearly can't do in real life. Um, right. I, I was uh, big into theater and acting growing up. So it was a, a way to flex those muscles, um, that didn't involve like Shakespeare or some dumb play. It was like, it was like, I can, I can, I can act and perform, but I can do it on cloud city or, you know, fighting the empire. And it was, it was a, such a cool, cool idea. So when I finally got into actually playing role-playing games, which was really only about four or five years ago, um, it was like all of that came rushing back. 
Um, yeah. Did, when did you, uh, do you play Dungeons and Dragons? I, I, th- I think I've I seen do. that you're in a game now. When, when did you start mm-hmm. playing D&D specifically? I didn't start playing D&D until just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we were pretty much solely in, in Star Wars role-playing for a while, and you know everybody split ways after high school. Mm-hmm. I went to Wisconsin, and I sort of took a hiatus there, um, and then into the league. And you know once we had, had been away for a while, we I tried to round the group back up because it was... For me, I was looking for a way to to stay connected, yeah. you know, and, and have a reason to to be talking uh, once a week or whatever. And it was just a good excuse to get away. And uh, so I started a we started a game on a virtual tabletop uh, with me and my two brothers and a couple of friends and our, our longtime game master. And so we started um, playing Star Wars role playing again, but we were playing, uh, you know, another version of it. Um, that's a community-based and community-built one called Star Wars 5th Edition. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a, a 5th edition with a reskinning on it, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And so once we once we started playing that, we became familiar with the sort of mechanics of 5th edition, and we decided we wanted our, our friend, who's always our game master, to finally be able to play with us. Right. So we went out and tried to find a game master, and um, we thought it would be easier to be playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it would be easier to find a game master to do that. And so that's when we really started playing Dungeons and Dragons a little bit more and more regularly. So now we, we actually alternate back and forth on a weekly basis. So we, we play Dungeons and Dragons one week and uh, Star Wars uh, the, the other week, the opposing week. And then, you know, one shots in and yeah. out and around there. So. Oh man, that's the dream. Not just to have one regular game, but two regular games. So you can flip back and forth, um, legitimately living the, living the game and dream. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And so how did you, how did you get involved then, um, with critical role? Cause, uh, you know, for people who don't know you were involved, uh, I think it was like last November you were, hmm. you were matching or, uh, and you, you, well, I don't know why I'm saying it. You, you remember, um, you were donating for like natural ones, I think, right. When they were raising mm-hmm. money for OSD, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, so that came about, um, I got connected in with Travis Willingham uh, a long time ago. He's a longtime Dallas Cowboys yeah. fan. Uh, he and Laura are both from Dallas. And so I ended up meeting him unknowingly, but this was before I started listening to Critical Role. I had met him at a Cowboys training camp one time. And so the following year, we were out there, and I had been listening to Critical Role because I was uh, I, I was sick. And uh, during my recovery process through that, I listened to a ton of mm-hmm. Critical Role. And that just kind of was what kept me kept me moving and kept me motivated. And, and podcasts are an easy way to to move through time. And so I was I had started um, campaign two like many many episodes behind. So I was trying to catch up, and I was listening anyway. So I got to know a little bit about Travis and, and Laura and the gang, and um, I knew that Travis was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. So I just reached out to him. I said, Hey, listen, um, if you're interested, you know, we do our training camp out towards LA. So if you'd like to come up for a day. I'd love to to have you as my guest and whatever. And uh, luckily, I was able to. He was able to take advantage of that, and we connected there, and we started talking and talking about role playing and football and uh, a little bit of just generally about life. And I think we just kind of hit it off. Yeah. And so that's when we got uh, initially got connected. And you know, so I was had been listening to Critical Role, and I knew that they had done something like this before, where uh, they were making a donation to um, a, a charitable cause anytime that they rolled a, a natural one, and it just kind of eased the is the dissonance of, yeah. of that critical one. And, and so I thought it was just a unique way to do that. And so I wanted to, to try and get out there and, and help in any way that I could. And I, I try and do things in the community and be helpful. And um, Critical Role had a special place in my heart because they really helped me through a tough time in my yeah. life. And so 
you know, when they were going to do that and Travis's charity that he's specifically involved in um, with OSD, I said, this is a, this is a great opportunity to have a great match. So, so let's, uh, let's try and do something. And so the critical ones was a, the critical misses were a, a fun way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was very cool. And, and again, kind of coming back to that whole thing of, uh, you know, people who play sports versus people who game and that there, there is a crossover there, but I think so often it's, it's, uh, put forward that, that those two worlds, um, don't collide, even though they very much do. Uh, it was, it was cool game to see, uh, like you said, Travis being a big, uh, Cowboys fan. And then you obviously being a player, both that, you know, excitement and passion for not just for fundraising, but for gaming. It, it was, it was cool to kind of see people like me in some sort of way, you know, being excited <laughs> about games. So it was, that was very cool. Yeah, it was really fun just to just to talk through it. And, you know, that's kind of been a, a personal mission of mine since then. And since I started to pick it up a little bit more is to try and get some more people to to claim it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but some people think that there's a stigma around playing tabletop role playing games or, you know, they're afraid to tell people that they are. And, and I think I'm an example of that where I never really mentioned it. I did. I wasn't hiding from it, mm -hmm. but it was not something that I necessarily advertised. But um, the more that I got into it and the more often that I played it, the more it just became natural. And it was something that, you know, when you start sharing it out into the world, all of a sudden, all these other people start to open up and say, well, I like to do that too. Yeah. You know, maybe we can get together and, and play a game. And, um, you know, I think that there are a lot of people in unique places that do that, you know, not only, you know, what I call, you know, normal people that work normal jobs, but when you also look at sports and entertainment and, actors and, and all these different people there's a ton of people that do it and don't necessarily claim it and, and so i'm trying to pull those people out of the woodwork and just uh, bring up the industry as a whole because I, I think it's really fun and there are so many different things you can do and so many um universes that you can live in and uh, you know the more people that we bring to it the better it's going to be for everybody yeah absolutely well i think that's a really good segue to uh let's talk about demiplane because you, you are sitting uh, beneath a, a big sign behind you which looks really cool <laughs> Um, that has the name on it. Uh, you, you started this, this company, this business, um, fairly re like it, was it at the beginning of the year, kind of end of last year? So we ended up launching the app here, um, June 1st, okay. uh, but we've been working on it for, for some while, time before right. then. Um, you know, our first alpha version came out last November, um, where we, it was much different than it is now, but, uh, we were able to get some, get some screens out in front of some users, really early users and get some feedback and try and figure out what people were looking for. Um, but I, we started back actually, um, a month ago in July or a year ago in July. So we're, we're full year in now. Very cool. Well, give me, give me kind of the breakdown, the nutshell of, of what it is, maybe for people who haven't heard yet. Um, what, what is Demiplane? What does it do? What does it offer, uh, to gamers? Demiplane is, um, as a company, we try to enhance gaming in a significant way for everyone across the board of tabletop role-playing game. And, and. At the core of it, we have technology that supports um, a lot of different things before the game, during the game, and after the game. And so before the game, we have a matchmaking algorithm that we have put together that allows you to go out and say, you know, I'm a game master, I'm looking for players, um, and this is how the game is going to be out. And there's six different theme scores that you can attribute to your game. You know, There's going to be a lot of combat, not very much role-playing, mm -hmm. but I really like puzzles. Um, and then it, you can put an experience level with that. And when you do that, it goes in and now users that are coming in that want to be adventurers and are looking for a Star Wars role-playing game game, 
can go in and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for, and it will show up um, which ones match best to your play style. Okay. And so it helps players find games that they want to be in, and it helps game masters to find great players and great fit for those games because we all have been in that situation where you get one player that ruins the game for everybody else and you can't keep that game going. I love how right now everybody is thinking about that one player from that one game and they're like, ah, fucking Chad. Yes, exactly. Chad, uh, how could he do that to us? Uh, But, you know, this all stemmed from that that juncture in time when I told you that we wanted our game master to come play with us as a player. Mm -hmm. And we went out and tried to find a game master to do it. It's hard. And it was so hard. Um, It was really hard. And then you go and you find... You know, you're looking on posts and and LFG forums and things like that because there's not a great place that aggregates all of them. And you have a game master that wants five spots and there are 160 people that apply for that game. Now, how can that game master significantly and like appropriately sort through those people that are trying to be in that game and put together the best group? And so that's where the idea really stemmed from was, hey, listen, there is no good way to do this. Let's go create a way to do it. And so we have this matchmaking algorithm and, and system that can help pair people together and help you find new games. Um, and it allows game masters to post games and, and advertise those games, if you will. And then once you get into the game, you've chatted, you've decided, you've found your group, you launch your game. Now there are a set of rules that go around it that help, um, help ease everybody's, um, everybody's mind. You know, some mm-hmm. people pay for games, some people don't. Um, but if you're going to pay for a game, we have a system in place that um, you a, a charge is placed on your card, a hold is placed on your card, um, and you have 60 minutes to decide whether or not you're, this game is a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. So, so from the game master standpoint, if you charge somebody before the game and they don't like it, well, they're they're out of luck. And from a, a game master standpoint as well, if you charge at the end of the game and the player never pays you, then you're also out of luck. Right. You know, and so what we try to do is create a system that works for everybody, mm-hmm. where um, there, there's a whole place on your car, but if it doesn't work out, you're okay. But if you stay and you enjoy the game, you're going to end up paying at the end of it. And so um, it allows a little bit of framework allow, around that that other payment systems don't, you know? Right. And, and um, so we, we do that. But also we focus on chronicling the adventure because we think that every adventure has these epic moments mm-hmm. and that's why you play the game. You play for that, that moment that you're on the millennium Falcon and you're driving away from the death star and there's that explosion right, in the back, right. you know, like that's an epic moment. And you, it's really hard to capture those moments um, right now, you know, and you're on pen and paper and you're taking your notes and there you, you write that down. And then, you know, two weeks later, you know, it's, it's gone. You can't find it. So we have this yeah. journal system that um, you can type into this journal you can share that journal with your party um, or select members of that party if you want, or you can keep it to yourself. Um, but also that the journal is searchable. So when you are in that, you're, you're talking to that hag and she tells you the password to get into there. And then six weeks later, you get to the door and you have to have that password and you can't find it right. in your book. Yeah. You know, now you can type in and search password and you have that immediately. Yeah. And um, so we find that to be helpful. And then there's a, a shared task system as well. So you can create tasks. Um, that help keep you on track. You can accept them, you can decline them, you can complete them, and all of that's shared throughout. And the Game Master can use this as a central hub for scheduling and, and all of that, that that goes along with it. And so really the aim is to take the the work and the logistics and the real-life stuff right, yeah. out, out of the way. Like, let's, let's immerse ourselves even deeper into the game uh, because that's why we're playing. It's like to, 
to get further into it. From after the game perspective, we have a ratings and reward system that goes in. So after every game, each adventurer is asked to rate their game master. You know, did you have a good time? And if not, or if so, provide some feedback. And then you're also allowed to rate every other adventurer in your party. You know, were they a good player? Did they help you out? And then at the end of it, you give awards. So you may give the most valuable adventurer award. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's attributed to your accountant. So next time you go to find a game, you know, you're a game master that's played. um, You've only played for 200 hours, but you have all these thumbs up. Everyone loves your game. So now you're able to market yourself more, more aptly. So, you know, for the core, like the technology, that's the piece that enables all of this. And then you know, we're just trying to, to fill out the space outside of that with things that can make tabletop gaming better. You know, it's uh, Game Master workshops and learning more about homebrew and taking interviews uh, of people and providing quick start guides and things that can help the community get better. Because that's really the goal is finding a way to bring more people to the, to the space um, and helping you find those games. You know, maybe you're not looking to play 5e. You know, there's a lot of people that want to play kids on bikes, but can't find a group. Yeah. And so this is a great place to go and find that group. I, I really like that idea because most people, when they think of like a tool to help, you know, facilitate games remotely, and, and it sounds like you could even use this for, for your local in-person game too, but so many people think immediately about like a virtual tabletop. Um, right. they, they think about, okay, well, uh, I need something that'll let me show maps and track character sheets. But then the thing that really we as, as gamers complain about the most more than anything <laughs> is finding a group scheduling and like, like communication, like those, those logistical things where, mm-hmm. um, we just kind of accept, well, okay, you're going to have to go post on Reddit and I hope you find one person who is the actual good fit. Like it's, it's genuinely archaic when you think about <laughs> all of the technology <laughs> available, especially when you have something like you know, in the D&D world, like D&D Beyond, it's really kind of bringing mm-hmm. all of that stuff digitally, but not providing these tools you're talking about. So w- was that kind of the intention all along to to create that kind of a helper kit, if you will, to take all the logistical weight off? Or was that the original idea or did it kind of evolve into that over time? I think the, the, the real spark to it all was the matchmaking piece mm-hmm. and that there, there's nothing that does that in a, in a great way right now. But, you know, it evolved, you know, as soon as we had that spark, our minds started to go and like, what if there was something that would make all of this logistics stuff go away so we could just, we could just play the game and and worry a lot less about it. And so I think it, I think it evolved there. And I think one of the things that is super helpful with Demiplane is that we don't try to, to pick a favorite. We're, we're completely game system agnostic. So we have a, we list over 180 games on our, our system right now, and we're always adding more mm-hmm. because you know all that we all that we require is to make sure that it really is a, a game and that the publishers are allowing people to be playing it and things like that. Obviously, we don't want to get in trouble, and we don't want anybody else to get in trouble yeah. for for doing anything copyright oriented. Um, and then we work with all all the virtual tabletops um, that are out there, and you know we'd like to host our game on Astral, or we'd like to host it on the Foundry, or Roll Twenty, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or if it's on Discord. You know, we can, you can sort your games by where you like to play them as well. Um, and, you know, we're not trying to, to get into that right now. You know, that's not something that we want to compete with those people because all we're trying to do is connect people yeah, and yeah. to make everyone's lives better and easier. So we're not, we don't want to cause any problems there. You know, we, we want to help because, you know, admittedly, I, I don't think that many of the virtual tabletops have these systems in place either that provide quality matchmaking and 
um, can help handle some of those logistics. Especially not in a kind of agnostic way, the way that you were saying, whether that's system or platform. Um, mm-hmm. because, because when it comes down to it, what you guys are doing is you are, like you said, you're trying to make connections between people who want to play games, regardless of where they want to play them or, or, or what they want to play. Um, it sounds like your focus is really on making sure you are helping people build groups that, that play great together and have fun. Um, because again, like nothing sucks more than going to all that work. Finally, you found a GM, you got your session scheduled. People are actually showing up on time. Oh man, like the chemistry just isn't there and you can't stand xyz and so if you guys can help kind of reduce that friction ahead of time yeah right. you're going to help people have better games for longer without that frustration of having to stop and start over from scratch exactly you know we've all been there where like you said that one person ruins it or the game just fizzles out because half the group is more interested in role playing and half the comp- half the group is more interested in, in combat and so when you're spending time role playing the combat people get really bored and the people that are always combat heavy uh, you know, the role playing people are, are not so interested and some people like both of those, but either way, you know, we have this uh, cool, I'm really, really proud of this. We have this cool little radar chart that puts you up against, you know, what the adventure looks like. And so mm-hmm. you can see exactly how that matches up. And maybe, you know, you may only be a 78% match, but the one that's off is the amount of homebrew that you like to normally play with. And well, you know what, maybe you're interested in, in flexing a little bit there. Yeah. You know, I, I could take that, you know, maybe we're going to try something a little bit more or maybe I need to play a little bit more by the rules um, either way. And, you know, so you can see what it is that's different too, um, which I think is helpful when you're finding those games. And like you said, creating better quality games, whether they be one shots or recurring games that you can continue to play and um, get a good feel for. You mentioned earlier that you have uh, capabilities for like payments for, for like uh, pay to play games. Um, I, I assume there are also options for like free if people are just looking for people to game mm-hmm. with. But you then also enable people who are, you know, willing or looking for maybe you've got that high achievement DM who's got all the thumbs up and they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to open up a game, 10 bucks, play or whatever. They can do that. Or if people mm-hmm. want to play free games, you guys can connect them there as well. Is that correct? Yeah, a majority of our games are free. You know, we just we offer that framework um, for the paid games if they're interested, you know, and at the end of the game, uh, we ask you if you're interested in in tipping your game master. So you're always available to tip on a free game or a paid game if you so choose. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people see tipping as a way to um, provide your virtual chips that you normally would have brought you know, right, in person. Yeah. You know, so like if you're going to go to a game, you know, I'm going to bring the soda, you're going to bring the chips. You know, that may be your way to, to do that or to say thank you to the game master for all the time that they put in to do that. And so we offer that, you know, that's not something that we push, um, but it's, it's something that's available. Um, and then you can reward people in other ways, like I said, with whether it be a thumbs up or giving an award. And so you know, we think that those are powerful things because, you know, nothing feels better than after the game, having a great time and being able to tell your game master that you had a great time and everyone did great. And we've been a part of games where at the end there's an argument and people are on voice and they're talking about it. Well, do we really think that that guy uh, was the best? No, I think she was the best adventurer this time. Yeah, so who, yeah. who are we going to give that to? Um, and that's, that's awesome. That means you're having a great time and that's ultimately what it's all about. That's super cool. Um, what, what do you think, uh, do you have kind of a pie in the sky, like on the horizon dream where you would, would love to see uh, Demi play evolve to, or do you have stuff kind of coming down the pipe that you're excited about and that you can talk about kind of, um, when you look forward to the next you know, year or two, whatever, whatever your vision might extend to what is kind <laughs> of a exciting to you down the road? I think for us, when we look at Demiplane, it started with this 
this core, like yeah, what we talked about before, the, the spark was matchmaking, and then came this core. And the things that we're starting to build out now, um, we've added a capability that allows you to um, set a scheduled time for games. So you might be saying, hey, I'm going to play, um, you know, we're recording here on Tuesday, but I'm going to play on Friday, and it's going to be Friday evening. I need people in. And so you can set a timer, and it counts down. Or I want to play tonight. And so it allows you to get a, a quick match and maybe – you know, potentially those days where it's like, man, uh, my wife's out of town. I'm going to be able to play. I want to play tonight. And that's yeah. what's great about video games is you can hop on and play right away. Right, but what if yeah. you could do that with tabletop role-playing games yeah. too? You know, and so that's the idea there. And um, we have this awesome feature that that's coming out that uh, we haven't really talked a lot about. Um, but it allows you to set yourself up to be recruited to games. So you don't have to actively go on and search for games. You can go into your profile and say, I like to play on Friday and Saturday nights. And I play uh, kids on bikes and, um, you know, mutants and masterminds. And I play on these games, these gaming platforms. And then game masters, when they create their games, it'll pop up right afterwards and say, this person has a 95% match with your game. Would you like to invite them? And so now there's a passive way for people to come and find you for games too. And so it's all about getting people into games because that's what people want to do. That's, that's why you do it. Right. Um, you know, so we have all these cool things that are building in the technology but ultimately, the pie in the sky is is way bigger than that technology, mm-hmm. and that is providing resources for game masters um, to be able to host more games or host better games, and providing resources for players to try a different game or find a game that's maybe similar um, that they might be interested in, and to really elevate the the community as a whole. You know, for for not only game masters and players, but creatives that are interested in being around it, and we really want to to place ourselves up there where we can be in the same conversation as any tabletop role playing game. You know, because we just want to provide the support to help make it better. Right. You know, we're not competing with anything um, that that currently exists because you know our our idea is that when the tide raises, all of the ships rise. Right. And that's that's really what we're going for. So the pie in the sky is. And when you're looking for anything regarding tabletop role-playing, you can head to Demiplane and find what you're looking for. Very cool. Let's take a real quick minute here. Um, I want to shout out another one of my sponsors before we get back into it with Travis. Uh, big, big shout out to Talon and Claw. Each and every week, they help make sure this show happens. If you haven't heard of them, and really you should have, they make just beautiful, amazing custom wood accessories for your games uh, whatever those games might be just absolute gorgeous dm screens dice vaults uh, they've got a whole set of rolling trays coming out soon dice towers just really cool stuff uh, anthony is always cooking up really cool stuff in his workshop um, i've been talking for weeks about the whiskey barrel dice vault that i have coming that uh, should be here very soon and word on the street is it smells amazing so i'm very excited about it um, but if you guys love awesome accessories for your dice like I do, you can go to talentandclaw.etsy.com, use the code ROLLPERSUASION to save 10%, and you support the show, and you get cool stuff for you and your game. We love them. Uh, they've supported us since the beginning, and we appreciate you guys supporting them as well, so definitely make sure you check them out. So here, here's, like, here's what's so cool and, and just kind of blows my mind that no one's thought of it before, because as you're explaining like what Demiplane is and what it does, it just feels like such an obvious thing that should exist, but right. for whatever reason doesn't. So congrats to you for Thank realizing you. <laughs> that and making it happen. But it's like, uh, and you touched on this a little bit, it's almost a combination of, uh, of a dating site, um, you know, the, with the matchmaking aspect as far as your algorithm. And then also 
the more traditional things that we're used to for like multiplayer gaming, like in a, a first person shooter, like matchmaking with people to play. Like, like yeah. as you said that just a minute ago, like, Oh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you've got free time this weekend and you want to jump in a game. I was like, that's my biggest problem. I want to play kids yeah. on bikes. I want to play Cthulhu. I want to try something, but I cannot commit to being in a never ending campaign. And I can't go to all the trouble of trying to find people on Reddit and see if it works. Um, but maybe I can just hop into a single game, you know, through, through your service. And that's, that's uh that's kind of i don't want to say well it is game changing it really is game changing because now for players and for dms you're opening up the opportunity to try things that we might not have been able to before especially in the midst of a pandemic and staying at home and not being able to have those opportunities to meet up with people in person um you're you're kind of really bridging that gap and it's kind of the perfect time for for you guys to have launched this and have this out in the world yeah we had we had no idea that this was coming Obviously, uh, when we started thinking about it and putting wheels wheels on the road uh, mm-hmm. to make it work, um, and it's really an unfortunate time to obviously everything that's going on. Sure. However, you know we we do feel like we're able to help people that are in in this situation in a couple of ways. You know, whether it's you always had that game that you played in person and now you can't be in person playing it, and you've moved online and you want to take advantage of some of the in-game things that we offer that allow you know, easier access to your notes and things like that. Um, you know, whether it's that or, you know, we have people that maybe have lost a job and are looking to help supplement their income by, you know, maybe charging five or $10 a game per player um, and making a little bit of side money right. uh, in their hustle. And so there's been a, a really good community support for for that. You know, there are different different ways that it's been able to help people and just hearing stories from people, how it's helped them um, is one of those heartwarming things. You know, we didn't we didn't intend it to necessarily be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but in tough times, these things come up and uh, we're fortunate to be a place where we can be there to help. Yeah, that's very cool, man. Um, in a world where where, you know, COVID is under control and conventions and stuff like that are happening again, is that something you guys are, are you know, thinking about doing whenever the world opens up again, you know, going out and, and being at conventions and, and meeting gamers. Is that kind of on your, uh, your radar? Absolutely. Unfortunately, you know, we were planning on being at Gen Con this past yeah, weekend. Yeah, me too. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people were, yeah. and it, it just didn't work out that way. But you know, that's something that we're, we're super interested in because like I said, we're the, the thing that I haven't like verbosely said here is that we are gamers we are the adventurers and game masters you know and so we're part of the community and we want to help bring it up you know we understand the the outside influences and that there are often big players that come in and try and take advantage of the community because the community is so passionate and uh, that's not who we are Mm -hmm. we're part of that community and so being part of that community those are things that we personally like to do you know uh, me and my my partner peter we enjoy going to the conventions and we enjoy learning more and trying a new game and sitting down and, and meeting new people over a, a game of Pathfinder. You know, that's just, um, it's a unique experience. And so you'll definitely see us out there, you know, unfortunately, if there's a booth, maybe one of us has to be manning it while the, the other people are out, uh, actually getting to have the fun. But, right. Uh, but, but absolutely we'll, we'll be out and around and, um, we continue to try and branch out and meet new people in the industry, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, players, uh, podcasters like yourself or some of the bigger players like uh, you know, Wizards of the Coast and, and publishers and um, D&D Beyond and all these people. Because, again, we we just want to be the space that aggregates all of that and puts it all together and makes it easier. Um, and so we're we're continually trying to 
to reach out and do that. And also as an adventurer myself, it's really cool to get to meet those people and right. uh, get a chance to sit and talk with Travis uh, from Critical Role and things like that. So you know, we, uh, we're very fortunate that we get to have a job that's so fun, uh, you know, but we take our fun very seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's a really cool, it's a really cool job to have. Do you have a uh, do you have kind of a dream game that you'd love to play someday as far as like system and, and people at the table like oh man I would love to play you know whatever it might be with whoever it's I I think lots of times especially as like stream games and you know celebrity in the industry has kind of risen up I, I think we might all have you know kind of those people on our list but have you thought about that is there kind of like that dream game you'd love to play someday I I've thought about it a little bit there are a couple of types of games that I have yet to play mm. um you know, and one of those is like a, maybe like a Starfinder, where it's, you know, I haven't played it yet, but being set in space and being, you know, ship-based instead yeah. of, you know, character-based. Uh, Lancer is this cool one that I've, uh, I'm starting to learn a little bit more about where you're, you know, a mech robot and get to go out and do something like that. But um, you know, I, I think I'd like to try something that's a little bit farther off of the, off the beaten path. Right. And like I said, my experiences have been you know, pretty quote unquote standard for tabletop role playing in, in Star Wars and D and D and, um, but the, the more games that I can try the the better for yeah. me. And so I think I'd like to try something like that. And then for me, I like to try and find unique game masters and you know, how the, how they play. And yeah. Cause yeah. I'm, you know, I don't game master myself. I, I have, um, I don't claim to be any good at it, you know, so I really enjoy the player side of it. And yeah. I also enjoy being, like a support player. Like mm-hmm. I love, uh, occasionally I'll be the combat guy or, or the, the, the barbarian or whatever. But, um, you know, for me being able to help people in the team and figure out the tactics around it, like yeah. that's a, that's a ton of fun. And so, um, I like to try and find a game master that really takes that into account and rewards, right. yeah. um, the team play and rewards like critical thinking in the role playing situations and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I just trying to find the best in each of those, you know, a game master in one system is pro- that might be the best in one game system can be completely different than somebody that's in a different system. And so, yeah. you know, I think to me, it's about finding those people and, and getting to play with, with people that are really high quality, what they do. If you only had like an app with a matchmaking system that can help <laughs> you like find, the, you'd be find off to the, the race. That's the highest yeah. rated. That would be yeah. helpful. Yeah. yeah. Secretly we'll on the back end, you're going and you're like, uh, you're like flagging all the really good DMs like into like your own Travis pool that you can, uh, <laughs> you can yes, use. Yes, this was actually all just deploy so it, I could find, find the best game. people. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, dude, that's super cool. It, it's it's exciting. I'm I'm trying to like download the app while we talk, but I feel like it would be rude to be staring off at my phone. So as soon as we hang <laughs> up, I'm, I'm going to download and check it out. Um, I'm excited, man. Like, like it's, it's cool. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's such an obvious problem. So it's very, it's very cool that you guys are are fixing it. I think it's the thing we've all just accepted. You know, we, we've all done the Reddit, Facebook, whatever search for a DM or been ghosted or had a bad experience. And, and, and y'all's whole point is mitigating that and removing that friction. So you can, you can have a better time. And I think that's great. Yeah. And like you said, that's, that's the goal is for everybody to have a better time. You know, let's, let's remove the those bad experiences that that sour people's mouths or that when a first time player comes in decides that they're not interested in tabletop role playing anymore you know let's let's go find people that are interested in helping new players or well, let's go find people that are looking for great quality games and uh and, and find the right one and have a good time yeah absolutely well before we go uh and we'll wrap up in a minute people be reminded 
that if you go to patreon.com slash roll for persuasion and you support the show, you'll have access to the special zone of truth segment that happens. It's that immediate after show that happens after the show where I continue chatting with my guests about who knows, whatever it might be. Um, we've talked about all sorts of weird things and I, I know Travis has something in mind that we'll talk about, but you can also, if you're a Patreon supporter, you can also submit questions for my guests. And I do have one today from uh, Bill who is here in Texas and is a huge Cowboys fan. Um, so shout out to Bill, but he wanted to know very quickly. Uh, does anyone else on the Cowboys play D and D or tabletop? I've, I've been, I've been talking up tabletop games uh, with my teammates for quite some time because like I said, we started the company in July and I, they're always wondering what I'm doing, what I'm looking at. And, uh, you know, so when I started to explain it to people, I got a ton of interest um, and a lot of people that wanted to come play, um, but nobody that actually had been playing the games uh, before. You know, I, I think there was a couple of people um, in the organization outside of the team mm -hmm. that had played before, uh, you know, back when they were a kid, but weren't currently in games. But um, most everybody that I talked to was super interested in playing. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we were able to put together a game, uh, me and some of my Cowboys, former Cowboys teammates, and um, maybe we can get that recorded and put that on the internet. I was somewhere. about to say that would, that would be a great uh, fundraising stream. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. If you get, yeah. get a whole, whole crew of them out there. Um, I, it's funny. Cause I remember reading an article, I guess it was five or six years ago now. I think it was the Packers were really into playing settlers of Catan. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, and, and there was a great article. I think, uh, I think Grantland did it at the time, but, um, it is, it's always interesting to me. I mean, you, you know, that most guys are playing Madden or FIFA or video games. So it's always right. interesting to me like, okay, well, who's playing something else? What, uh, what position group is it? You know, what are they into? What's kind of attracting them to it? So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe get that all Cowboys game started up at some point. That'd be certainly fun to watch. Yeah. We'll have to see, see what we can do. Maybe we can put together, uh, something with the Cowboys, the best Cowboys players, and, and they can face off in a, in a tournament against, uh, you know, the best Texans players. We'll have, we'll have to see. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Well, so where can people find uh, Demiplane? Where can they check you guys out, follow you on social media, get involved? Uh, where can they go? Yeah, so you got to go to Demiplane.com. You know, that's the site that's going to explain a little bit about who we are. But if you want to skip all of that and just want to dive right into it, it's app.demiplane.com. Um, right now we exist online as a progressive web application. So uh, you can go on your desktop and do that or any device um, that that uh, supports mobile browsers. Uh, you can go on there. And if you have a, an Android device or an iPhone, you can save it to your home screen and then it acts just like a, a, a normal app. So, you know, that's something that we do. And, you know, we're looking in the future to to getting into the App Store and the Google Play Store and, and making sure that we get everything buttoned up there so that, so that we can do that. Um, so we're super excited about that. And then, you know, you can follow us on social media. Um, Demiplane app is uh, the place to go to find that. So um, I know that I'll, I'll tweet that out personally. Um, I think, you know, hopefully we can get you to do that. And yeah, we'll, we'll throw it be... in the show notes too. So people, you can link right from the episode, go check it out for sure. That's perfect. That's absolutely great. So I encourage you guys to check it out. Um, it's really easy to create an account and it's the first screen that you get to as soon as you get in, show you all the games that are on there. We have over 300 games um, currently looking for players um, and we have um, over a hundred groups of players that are currently looking for a GM. So if you're a GM that wants to, to get into a game really quickly, you can also search as a GM for players, um, groups of players. So um, they're all on there. I encourage you to check it out. The in-game stuff is really cool and really powerful. So, um, you know, you can also bring games that you currently play 
you know, you already have your game. You're not looking for any matchmaking. You can bring it on and take advantage of those in-game things. We have in-game chat and messenger that you can you know, take that with you. It's a great place to keep all of that chat organized. Um, and then, like I said, chronicling the adventure in the, in the journal system and through the tasks is really, really powerful. That's awesome, dude. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. I'm looking forward to continuing the chat uh, here in a bit after the the outro, but uh, it's been lots of fun. I'm super excited for what you guys are doing. Awesome. Thank you. And I really appreciate you having me. It's been really fun talking with you. Absolutely. Someday when the world isn't crazy, maybe uh, maybe you make it down to Houston or something. We'll, we'll play a game and see how that goes. I would love that. That would be super fun. So yeah, guys, uh, thank you for joining, for listening. This has been this week's episode. Like I said, if you want to listen to a bit more, we're going to keep this chat going. And if you are a supporter at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, not only do you help make the show happen, but you get access to those exclusive special bonus segments, not just for this episode, but for all of our past episodes. Uh, plus, you know, just some cool st- stuff that I love doing for my patrons. So definitely check it out. You can follow the show on Twitter at roll persuasion. If you want to keep in touch, you can also email me Andrew at roll for persuasion.com of chatting with you guys that way keep an eye out we're going to be doing all sorts of cool stuff coming up very soon in the fall uh very excited to share that with you guys and start rolling out some of these new things we're going to be doing as we said before if you enjoy the show please make sure you subscribe rate review on your podcast app service website of choice appreciate it very much and yeah until next time guys enjoy your games (laughs) 